Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Fire Football Radio. I'm your host, Matt McGrath, alongside Zach Schmola and Luigi Coppola, Jr. This is the fourth episode of Fire Football Radio Show, and as a reminder, we'll be live from the Stores studio every Wednesday night on WHUS Stores 91.7 from 6 to 7 to bring you all the latest news, rumors, and more about America's game and the league we all know and love, the NFL. We are currently right in the middle of week four of the NFL season, coming off a very exciting week four, or week three, excuse me, where the Chiefs, Patriots, Cowboys, Packers, Rams, 49ers, and Bills all found a way to stay undefeated, while the Jets, Broncos, Dolphins, Bengals, Cardinals, Redskins, and Steelers are all searching for their first win. Zach and Luigi, how are we doing? Good, Matt. How are you doing today? Not bad, not bad. Zach, how about you? I'm doing pretty good, Matt. Sounds good. So I guess we'll get right into it to talk about week four in review, as we always do, and we'll talk about injuries to start off. So first off, Redskins tight end Jordan Reed may retire after dealing with multiple concussions over the span of his career. He did not play Monday night against the Bears. I mean, Jordan Reed has really dealt with multiple concussions. It seems like almost every year he's dealing with a concussion, and I can't really see how much longer he's going to be doing this for. So No, I, you can't be surprised at this point. How many concussions is this? At least three. I mean, he's, he's been I mean, at least three major parts of most of his career every season. Yeah, no, I mean, at least three that we really know about. You know, I mean, we, we saw that quote that Gronk had where he, he said he wasn't even sure, or he said... There were he had at least twenty concussions and five of them were blackout and we probably what knew about five those five yeah that's probably it and then right the Calvin Johnson thing too where he said he had what nine concussions and it, it's just a horrible thing to happen in this league but it has to happen you know <laughs> head injuries are a part of everything I mean it's kind of just the game you know unfortunately I mean uh, I've seen the movie Concussion with uh, Will Smith plays the famous neuro uh, neurosurgeon and as he went through the studies he said basically that you know humans aren't made to play football you know woodpeckers would be made to play football because they have that gel that goes around their brain so their brain doesn't knock against their skull back and forth when they peck but you know humans obviously don't have that but you know it's a great sport and we love talking about it and watching it and playing it so moving on falcon safety keanu neal has a torn achilles and is out for the year Enough, another tough injury. I know, Luigi, you said he was injured last year. The whole, uh, He missed all but the first game, in which which was the week that he got injured. I mean, it's just horrible. He, got, he hurt his knee, too, last year. I mean, I don't know exactly what happened there, but still. I mean, back-to-back years where he's out for the majority of the season. If you're the Falcons, I, you're looking at him and you're thinking, yeah, he's very talented, but... He's also very injury prone. Do you want to keep this guy around? I mean, he's he's a very good football player, but right. is it worth the risks of injuries? Just like with Jordan Reed, is it worth keeping him around? Right. I mean, that's a tough loss on that defense, which is actually struggling a little bit to start the season. Um, and to lose their strong safety is just another hit, especially such a talented player as Keanu Neal. 
So moving on, Cam Newton, quarterback of the Panthers, ruled out for week four, missed week three as well with a foot injury. So he will not play this week, and Kyle Allen will start again for him. They ended up getting a win, 38-2. to. Uh, they beat the uh, Cardinals 38-20. to So it looks like Kyle Allen, I know Luigi wanted to talk about that in our topic section a little bit later, so we'll get to that um, soon enough. But the next injury was cold safety Malik Hooker is out for four to six weeks with a torn meniscus. He played through it in week three against the Falcons during the middle of the game, which is actually crazy to think about, a full torn meniscus. So, I mean, he's going to be out for four to six weeks. I don't think he needs surgery, but, you know, Zach, what do you think about that? I mean, that's obviously a tough loss for their defense. No, that's a pretty severe loss for that uh, young defense. I mean, they're still building that defense. He had a big pick against the Chargers. Um, losing Malik Hooker kind of depletes their already dwindling playoff hopes. I mean, once Andrew Luck was out of the position um, and Jacoby Brissett stepped in, the playoff hopes kind of faded a little bit already, but once you lose a defensive back stud like Malik Hooker, I mean, yeah, no, I mean it's tough, but like, I mean, the Colts are still two and one. The Colts still got a shot. You they know. should be three and zero. Yeah, they should be they right. Should absolutely, be they should absolutely be three and zero. Yeah, which is tough, especially losing. You know, we would have thought he would have been a Hall of Fame quarterback at some point, which is extremely tough. Um, but, you know, so they lose Malik Hooker. Uh, Saquon Barkley could miss four to eight weeks with a high ankle sprain, would return for the final six games of the season if he missed eight. Uh, uh, rough. <laughs> How so do you feel rough. about that, man? It's just ridiculous. <laughs> we get one, every time we get one good thing happening, something bad happens. Like, you know, we've never had... We've had games against the Panthers two years ago. Graham Gano kicks a 60-yard field goal. You know, against it was probably against the win, too. Makes it. Jake Elliott uh, on the Eagles, uh, kicker for the Eagles, he misses a field or makes a 61-yard field goal. So, I mean, it's just ridiculous. So when we And then we finally, this past weekend, for the Buccaneers, get a... Uh, an, a win, a win from a missed field goal, and then Saquon Barkley's out for forty-eight weeks, especially with Daniel Jones now in. Yeah, so. I mean it's a safety blanket for Daniel Jones, Saquon, but uh, without him, I, I don't know. I think it's better off for Daniel Jones to prove himself as a starter for that team. Yeah, it's not going to help you in the long run for the season, but I mean, how bright was that season looking for the Giants, anyways? So no, you're I mean, better yeah. off having the ability to show who Daniel Jones truly is without having a safety blanket. I mean, I obviously would have wanted Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones to get a full season under their belt. You know, well, what would have been a full season, you know, 14 out of the 16 games since Daniel Jones didn't start the first two. But, I mean, you know what? He was healthy all of last year, played really well. It was kind of bound to happen, especially with such a good running back. So, I mean, we'll go from there. He'll, he'll come back at some point, and we'll go from there. Yep. But uh, moving on, Bears wide receiver Taylor Gabriel diagnosed with a concussion. Not likely to play in Week 4 against the Vikings, but this past week had six receptions, 75 yards, and three touchdowns before he had that concussion. What a great game he had. I mean, some a guy for Mitchell Trubisky who's not really – I mean, he's a slot guy, but I know me and Zach were talking about it earlier. I mean, he's it's going to be tough to miss that for a group that doesn't really have that many wide receivers to begin with. 
Yeah, and this was really the first game where we kind of saw the Bears that we all were expecting going into the season. I mean, there was a lot of hype in preseason and in the draft about Bears being Super Bowl favorites. And after that game against the Vikings, the the hype is coming back a little bit. I mean, we talked about last week the state of the Bears, and we were kind of ripping on them a little bit because they haven't showed out at all. I mean, that defense is so talented, that front seven and the defensive backs. But after a strong performance against the Vikings, what do you think, Matt? I mean, do you think Super Bowl contention is really a thing? It's tough. It's tough to tell. I mean, the reason in my head, the reason that they were so good last year was because of their turnover differential. It was crazy. They had a ridiculous amount of picks, fumbles. You know, they basically put Mitchell. Trub- I know we talked about it last week, where they put Mitchell Trubisky in a in a position almost every time where he could score points, and they basically did that against Case Keenum last week, which kind of gave us the, you know, get let us see the Vikings of last year. So, I mean, if they can really pull it together, get a good offense around uh, Mitchell Trubisky, it seems like Gabriel, if he gets back healthy, you know, he'll, uh, he'll, he'll, uh, he'll be consistent. So we'll see. But, I mean, that, that Khalil Mack trade was really the best option they could have had. I mean, in a division where you're playing Matt Stafford twice, Kirk Cousins twice, and Aaron Rodgers twice, I mean, and your quarterback is limited, like Mitchell Trubisky is. The only way you're really going to succeed is by trying your best to limit those other quarterbacks. So, I mean, that defense was ridiculous last year, and it was because they made the smart move to go get a dominant edge rusher like Khalil Mack, who finally has showed out in this third week of the season. So, No, exactly. So a tough, all in all, a tough uh, injury for the Bears, but our final injury for today, Alshon Jeffrey, not an injury. He will actually play. Thursday night football versus the Packers. He was dealing with a calf injury. He got hurt hurt in week two against the Falcons and hasn't played since. So a team that hasn't been able to really get a passing offense together has is one and two on the season for the Eagles. You know, coming off uh, two great seasons, a Super Bowl loss or a Super Bowl win, excuse me, two years ago, and then a playoff run last year, um, which didn't end up in a Super Bowl, but still pretty good so they're gonna have to turn it around especially with a good Cowboys team but any thoughts on that before we move on I mean it's gonna be super crucial for the Eagles to get Alshon Jeffrey back I mean they lost to the Lions last week because of their injured wide receiver room I mean him and Deshaun Jackson were out and those are kind of two of the main guys for Carson Wentz he still has Zach Ertz Nelson Aguilar had a case of the drops last game I mean I mean the whole the whole their whole wide receiver receiving core whatsoever had the case of the drops. Oh yeah, Alshon Jeffrey's going to be crucial. Absolutely. I mean, they need their guys back. They need Carson Wentz needs his help back. You see what he did with them week one. Imagine having them healthy for the entirety of the year. Oh yeah, no, it'll definitely help. So Alshon Jeffrey is back, but that's our injury report in review for this past week and moving on to week four and as a reminder the call-in number if you're interested in calling and asking questions or want to talk a little bit about some football or whatever you have to say the number is 860-486-9487 that's 860-486-9487 so our first topic of talk in this segment is so the saints Lost Drew Brees, obviously, for six weeks, but they're actually looking pretty good without him. Teddy Bridgewater went 19 for 27, 177 yards and two touchdowns with a 112.7 passer rating, and they didn't use Taysom Hill as much as we thought. So, I mean, what do you think about that? I know me and Luigi talked about that. I mean, I wasn't surprised they didn't use Taysom Hill. He's As much as he is a talented athlete, he's not that great of a quarterback for NFL standards. But, uh... 
I was surprised Teddy Bridgewater. He even had a very, very enticing speech afterwards where he was, like, saying to his teammates, you need to play every game as if it's your last. After having such a gruesome knee injury as Teddy Bridgewater did have, you do need to play like that. Football's not a guaranteed game. You get one game at a time. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I know Sean Payton wanted to do – he's obviously always about the uh, the tricks and stuff for Taysom Hill, but Taysom Hill didn't really get that many snaps as quarterback as I thought. Obviously, Teddy Bridgewater is their main backup, um, but, I mean, Taysom Hill has played almost every position on the offensive side of the ball. You know, tight end, fullback, running back at times, a wildcat offense. So, obviously, he's great help for them. But, I mean, we'll see what they do with him moving forward. Um, I mean, the Saints are playing well. And let's see, who do they have this week? Um, the Saints are... Oh, they're hosting the Cowboys, Cowboys Sunday night. Oof. So, I mean, that that's a tough one. Yeah, I wouldn't expect a big performance out of Teddy Bridgewater against the Cowboys. I mean, that defense is young and solid. I mean, what else can you really say? Front seven defensive backs. Um, they're just a whole unit of. I mean, the, oh yeah, no, they're a great teams. The Saints, the Saints were my NFC Super Bowl favorites before the season, but without Drew Brees, I mean, he's kind of the focal point of that whole team. Like, they don't really have many receiving threats besides Michael Thomas and Jared Cook, who Jared Cook has really been a zero burger this whole season. Other than that, they have Cameron Meredith, who is a big body, but he's just been unproductive. I mean. Right, exactly. It's going to be a struggle. It's going to be a struggle for the oh, rest no. of the I season. I mean, obviously losing Breeze is I mean, tough. But uh, we actually have our first caller, so we'll take him. Caller number one, can you hear us? I can, yeah. Oh, what's up, Dad? How are you doing? <laughs> it's Juan from Middlebury. Juan from Middlebury. What's going on? Are you on break now? No, we're not on break. We're on air. You're on air. Oh, okay. First time, long time. <laughs> I thought there was a call screener. What's going on? No, nah, there's no call screener. No, you just yeah. get right on there. Yeah, we're just going. We're just swinging from the hip. What's going on? Oh, awesome. Excellent. I like this. So uh, I'm a 42-year season ticket holder of the New York Giants, and I just wanted to get your take. I guess the Giants had uh, Jay Ajayi, Ajayi in for a, a workout. Um, oh, Jay Ajayi? Yeah. The Giants? Yeah, what are your thoughts? I mean, I'll let you guys take it. I'm a Giants fan, so. Uh, Jay Jai's an excellent running back. He was on the that Super Bowl winning team for the Eagles. Um, he, he's been a guy who has always been a solid running back, someone to count on, and I think it'd be an excellent move for the Giants. I mean, currently without Saquon, it's kind of hard to fill a void that's that large. But, I mean, Jay Ajayi could absolutely come in there and help them and help be that safety blanket that Daniel Jones may need for the next couple weeks. It certainly would be a better uh, replacement option than just sticking with Wayne Gallman by himself. I mean, he's not talented, as nearly as talented as Saquon Barkley, but, I mean, the best way, I guess, to get the running game back to at least halfway where it needs to be is to have a committee that includes Jay Ajayi. I mean, if that's the option they're looking at, then I would certainly pursue that if I was the Giants. I mean, yeah. Yeah, the... Uh, the scouting report on him is, you know, they, well, Gallman's not, he's kind of a slight back. He, he's a good catcher. Mm-hmm. Catcher. Talking baseball. He's, <laughs> he's a good uh, receiver. 
and um, JHI uh, is a big back, so they need someone that can pound in the middle, you know? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. A good tandem running back core would be very helpful for a young Daniel Jones and a good, a decently great Giants O-line. I mean, it's it's a lot better than it used to be. Absolutely. You know, if you threw JHI in the line from two years ago, he would not do as well as no, he would now no. if we threw him in. Yeah, no. Especially Wayne Gallman, they're, too. They're also a young O-line with, who also look a little better with Saquon around. But Oh, obviously. You know, I mean, he's a game changer. You know, you know adding JHI, I think, would be a great idea for the Giants to get, as you said, that, that power back because – we we've seen right now they only have a receiving back, but you know what? I think it's a great idea for him. He's probably not going to be too expensive for him either. So awesome! Well, you guys uh, keep up the, the great work. Um, I love listening to you every week, and uh, look forward to speaking to you next week. Thanks, Juan. We'll see you later. Adios. What a great guy. You know, hopefully, yeah, hopefully absolutely. he's doing well in my Big home in Middlebury. And a mysterious guy. <laughs> <laughs> who knows who that is? <laughs> yeah, no, he's Could not. He didn't raise me or anything. So <laughs> appreciate him. Oh, we have a another caller, so we'll t- put this caller on the line. Caller number two, can you hear us? Hello there, my good fellows. How's it going? It's Mikey from Putnam bugging you. How you doing, Mikey? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a trivia question. All right, let's hear it. Well, who is the famous team all in the Football Hall of Fame? The famous team? Yes. All in the all of them are in the Football Hall of Fame. Oh. The most of them of any other team in the Football Hall of Fame. Wow. That's hmm. a tough one. That is a tough one. Um, I'll give you a little hint. All right. Chicago. The 85 yeah, Bears. The 85 Bears. Bears. You got it. Yeah, that was gonna, we were going to come up with that one. We wanted to make sure. Because, uh, I mean, there's also those talented gonna put, 70s yeah. Steelers teams. Or the Cowboys. I was going to put out that one. But. And even the – I thought you were alluding to the uh, Dolphins team that went undefeated Wait and won their Super Bowl. We ain't even going there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I like hey, – no – this, this is going to sound a little funny. My papa, you know, bless his soul. We're, you know, we're, well, he was originally from the hills of Pennsylvania. Okay. Uh, yep. Then moved to Massachusetts. And, uh, uh, you know, he always went to, you know, Fenway. And he went to uh, Scully Square after the game with my uncle. Nickel beers in the 30s. Wow. I'm telling you the truth here. Wish we could have that now. And uh, so uh, uh, now, but also it was kind of ironic. I don't know why, but he was not into the Patriots. He he was a Giants fan. Oh, excellent! I'm a Giants fan. Okay, now I actually well, it's been sold. I had to make a few extra bucks on the front cover of Life magazine when Y.A. Tittle had his face mask pulled and the blood was coming down. Oh, yeah, that's a great picture. Really iconic. I had, I had that magazine. No. Yes. I sealed it in plastic. Guys were off me all kinds of money. I'm oh, sure. Wow. That's, what a, what a great, that's a great thing to have. Great thing to have. Right. And, uh, but anywho's 
uh, what I was going to ask you: Did you ever did you ever see the film League of the Wrong getting to baseball now? No, I don't think I have. All right, that was that's with uh, Madonna and uh, the, the comedian there. I can't think of anything. But uh, the 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 pitcher was we all know Ricky Nelson, the singer, right back in the fifties. Yep, that was his daughter. That was the pitcher in that film. And Tom Hanks, he was the coach. Oh. Oh, what's the movie again? League of Their Own. Oh, League of Their Own. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and no, my, I know that movie. And my papa told me that was based on a true story because all the guys were overseas, so they, you know, they, they had, you know, the Women League uh, baseball. Right, right. Well, a, a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, you too, Mikey. And uh, watch out on the byway, in the freeways, in the back roads for the buggy in front of you. Because the one behind you don't give a darn. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate you calling in, Mikey. If you ever want to call in again, feel free to. And you both be ha- you both have a great night. Thank you. You, you too. too. Okay. Bye bye. What a nice guy. Oh yeah, absolutely. Nice call. Absolutely. I like I like hearing little history. Oh yeah. The Y A Tittle thing. That's, I mean, that's oh that that thing was crazy, dude. That picture. <laughs> that's legendary. That's a legendary that's picture. Probably really in the Hall of Fame. It's oh a, yeah, definitely an artifact. That, that's an iconic picture. Absolutely. And he had a Life magazine from when it was released. That's awesome. Absolutely crazy. So we'll take a break at the halfway point. Um, well, actually, we have one more caller, so we'll take that real quick. Caller number three, can you hear us? Yes, I can hear you. How's it going? Good, how are you? What's your name? Ryan. Ryan, where are you from? Torrington, Connecticut. Oh, okay. So, uh, not too close, not too far from me. I'm from Middlebury. Oh, nice. Yeah, so, you got any questions for us today? Yeah, I was wondering, um, what do you think about the uh, Bengals' chances this Monday against the Steelers? Oh, Bengals. Oh, Bengals. Yeah, 0-3, 0-3. Yeah, two 0-3 teams. I mean, uh, what I got to say about this game is I think, personally, the Bengals' offense definitely gives them an edge over the Steelers, who have played a poor defensive first three games. Andy Dalton's second Mm -hmm. in the NFL with passing yards Mm -hmm. right now. Um, And that Steelers team, though they held in there good with uh, my 49ers this past weekend, isn't all too impressive. I mean, you still have uh, Rudolph playing there at quarterback, who he's going to be there all year, so he's still got to settle in into that offense that he practices with but hasn't played with. I mean, I would give them a good shot to beat the Steelers on Monday night, absolutely. I mean, okay. they have an underwhelming offense, as, I mean, defense as well, but I think that maybe that that offense might be able to help them out. Yeah, no. I mean, I always think about think about it. They're in the same division in the AFC. I mean, honestly, any divisional game will be tight, especially between the Bengals and the Steelers, who have had a long history, obviously. Although a night game in Pittsburgh when they're zero three and itching for a win is definitely tough. So definitely something they're going to be hungry to get. Definitely oh, definitely. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. Yeah, no. So, uh, are you a Bengals fan? I am, that's why I asked. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. I, I mean, you had some good years a couple of years ago. I mean, it's tough having A.J. Green out, definitely. Yeah, it's been a decline recently, but there's been some good moments. I mean, yeah, this offense, I think, has really rejuvenated itself, surprisingly, without A.J. Green this season, and I think it's because of the new coach. 
Um, so yeah, if there's going to be a chance for them to win, scrape up a couple more games this season, I mean, I think the Steelers are going to be one of them, first of all. But if there's going to be chances for that, it's going to come from this offense. I mean, um, Joe Mixon played well last week. He kind of had a slow start in the first two weeks. As Luigi mentioned earlier, Andy Dalton's second in the league. I mean, the only person ahead of him in passing yards is Patrick Mahomes, who's out here setting records. So, no, yeah, I'd give I'd give the Bengals a, a good shot against the Steelers, absolutely. All right, thank you so much. Absolutely. Yeah, no problem. You got anything else, sir? I don't know if I think that's it. Uh, big fan of your show. No, oh, thank you. We really appreciate it. Yeah, feel free to call in any week. All right, thank you. Sounds good. Have a good night. You too. All right, so we'll take a break at the halfway point here. As a reminder, you're listening to WHUS Stores 91.7. Myself, Matt McGrath, Luigi, and Zach Schmola on Fire Football Radio. Come out, Virginia, don't any weights. If you Catholic girls start much too late. Welcome back. 
to Fire Football Radio. My host, or your host, actually, Matt McGrath, alongside Luigi Coppola and Zach Schmola, talking about all things about the NFL. So, moving on to our next topic, Antonio Brown. <laughs> Fourth week in a row, right? Mm-hmm. It could end. This could end. Mr. Consistency. Because. It will not end. He got cut by the Patriots amid a sexual assault allegations and claims he's done with the NFL. So, what do you guys think? He says he's done with the NFL. Didn't he say he was done with the NFL if they didn't give him his helmet back? Yeah. Listen. He said he this was guy done with the NFL for everything. He is the definition of a showman. He is someone who is out there looking for attention. If the spotlight's not on him, he does not care. I've gone from loving Antonio Brown because of his hardworking efforts as a football player to disliking him greatly because I don't like watching him do all this thing and things in the media. All these things are very detrimental to his his own personal image and I don't like that. He was always known as the guy who grinds football. He is a football guy, someone Central Michigan got passed up by every team in the NFL, then drafted by the Steelers. You know, that's the guy we want to see. We do not want to see this man who just puts on for the media. I think he'll be back. No, I I agree with you. I mean, as far as him not wanting to come back to the NFL, I don't know if he'll be granted an opportunity to decline someone. I mean, who is going to take on Antonio Brown after... It, like even Bill Bel- like Bill Belichick and Tom Brady couldn't deal with it. No, and if they Who if else? they that's that's kind of the main point because if they couldn't deal with it, who's going to deal with it? And like maybe a team who's struggling if a coach is under fire and he wants to get a couple games under his belt to maybe escape the hot seat. But at the same time, if you're rebuilding a team, you got a lot on your plate to deal with. I mean, you looking forward to the future, you're not going to want to deal with someone like Antonio Brown coming in and ruining your whole culture that you're trying to build. I mean, yeah, no, definitely not. I mean, Antonio Brown has had so many different issues uh, throughout the this whole. It's a, it's basically been a full off season and four weeks into the season process, and we're hoping to get done with it. But we'll take a caller right now, our fourth caller of the day, caller number four. Can you hear us? Hey, man, how's it going? Good. How you doing? It's Cliff from uh, Middlebury. Oh, Mr. Esmail, how we doing? <laughs> Hi, bud. How are you? Not bad. Not bad. You got anything to talk about for us? Are we on air? Yes, we are. All right. How about uh, Mr. Jones? He looked him pretty good as a quarterback. Of course. I mean, obviously, uh, his stat line was 336 yards, two touchdowns, 28 rushing yards, and two touchdowns rushing. So, obviously, I like that a lot. I know you're a Jets fan. Um, I am a Jets fan. That's why when I heard you whining about the Giants and how something always happens to you, I thought... He really needs to be a Jet fan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's different for the Jets. I Thank mean, you very much. Uh, no, I mean, we don't have the quarterback situation that you have right now. I mean, losing That's Saquon true. is not to the magnitude that losing Sam Darnold it is, obviously. Um, That's true. Which is tough. It's, but it is uh, tough. Yeah, no. Um, but I think uh, in your situation, Jones is on the way up. You got. You're going to have Saquon. I mean, I think you guys are going to have a solid team for uh, 
for the near future. Yeah, no, I mean, I hope so. It's looking bright, honestly. I mean, Saquon's only in his second year. An injury does hurt, but it's only a high ankle sprain. And obviously, Daniel Jones is looking like a second Eli. And a more mobile second Eli, of course, especially that, too. Absolutely. you got so many good, as your dad would say, catchers out there. It's unbelievable. I know. He, he kind of messed up on that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, should, you should go knock on the door and tell him that. Oh, I'm sure I'll hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, man, have a great one. You guys sound great. Luigi, I love you. Take care, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. Have a good night. <laughs> he loves you. He's right. a, he's a big Italian guy. Big That's Italian probably why. Guy, probably, yeah, yeah. He probably likes the name. Probably yeah, yeah. No, he's name. from. Uh, is he? He might be Bronx or Queens. I'm not sure. Bronx or Queens. He sounds one of like them. Bronx. You know, very Italian. Bronx or Queens. Um, yeah, but yeah, no. So we'll go to just for the tip or just the tips with Zach Schmola. Here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Just the Tips. All the tips you'll ever need for your fantasy football team. Do you want to take the call? But first, we're going to take another call. All right, call we'll take number five. We'll take we'll take one more call. Caller number five, how are we doing? Hey, how's it going? Oh, Little Cliff, what's up? <laughs> hey, how's it going? Cliff over in the middle. <laughs> Second time caller, hoping to be a regular for the next, uh, you know, near future. A whole, a whole family ordeal today, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Everybody in the neighborhood wants to call you up. I know. My dad, your dad, you, you know, it's a whole Middlebury orde- ordeal out here. <laughs> For sure. So the question I have is it's kind of out of the blue, but do you guys think the Bills are a real um, contender this year? Do you think they're, you know, they're just posing, or do you think they're actually legit? I think they are a contender for the near future. For now, they are a team that will be annoying to the Patriots, <laughs> be a team that the Patriots will have to always now not circle as a consistent win, but a consistent battle. That defense is young, talented, and very pesky, if I do say so. And that offense, not horrible. It's on, it's on its way up. I mean, I can't say anything bad about the Bills so far. 3-0, and like, what's the complaint about them? But uh, yeah. I don't think this is their year. They might be a fringe playoff team. I personally cannot see them making or getting far into the playoffs only because of their offensive inexperience and lack of superstar talent on the offense. But that defense is something to look forward to for the next couple of years. And you know what? Through the draft, if you add some offensive talent through free agency, you add some offensive talent, that's a real contender who the Patriots, who usually scoff at the Bills, will have to look at and be like, you know what? we got to fight these guys. Yeah, and honestly, I think um – you know, Josh Allen, I think, is their quarterback for the future. Obviously, he needs to develop his arm a little bit more. His accuracy needs to improve. And then they also have Montgomery out the back. He's a really um, you know, threatening young uh, running back. And they have Gore, who's a veteran. They just need to add another uh, you know, good receiver. And I think their offense is pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. Yeah, I agree. I think the one, one knock I'd give the Bills is that it seems like a lot of their offensive weapons for Josh Allen are temporary guys. Receivers who have been in the league for a while, who can get the job done, like Cole Beasley and John Brown. But no one who's really going to be there for five years and be Josh Allen's like main guy to grow up with and really rely on. So once if they, either through the draft or free agency, once they get a couple of pieces like that, I think we're looking at a serious team for the playoffs. Yeah, if they draft that elite um, receiver, um, you know, maybe coming out of possibly Alabama, 
or you know Georgia or school mm-hmm. that sort. I mean, you get um, any of those Alabama head. wide receivers, you're getting a stud. Oh so. yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. So if you get one of those guys, that's um, you know that's their team going for. They get that receiver. The defense is already there. They're basically like the Jets. They're holding on to their defense being the main part of their um, formula right now. And once they add to that offense, then they'll be you know competing for years to come. Once the Patriots kind of lose Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Yeah, no, 100%. But we appreciate you calling in, Cliff. Uh, I wish we had more time, but maybe next week. So no appreciate Thanks you calling so in. And you're doing a great job. Thanks, Cliff. Have a good night. Have a good night. All right, Zach, we'll go back to Just for the Tips. Go ahead. All right, Just the Tips. We're going to start with the love list. we got five as usual and five for the hate. First love list this week, Jacoby Brissett versus the Raiders. Week one, Jacoby Brissett had 190 yards and two touchdowns. And last week he had 310 yards with two touchdowns. Oakland has the lowest pressure rating on quarterbacks this season and will give Jacoby Brissett a lot of time to find T.Y. Hill in his favorite receiver downfield if he plays this week. Look for Jacoby Brissett to have a good week, week four. Loveless number two, Gardner Minshew versus the Broncos. The young Mississippi rookie out of Washington State on the Jaguars, averaging 230 yards a game, and he's got five touchdowns through the first three weeks of the season. These stats are coming off playing playoff favorites such as the Chiefs and the Texans and also a Titans team who's been giving a tough defensive performance so far he goes into playing a Broncos team who does not have a sack or turnover this whole season and who has a cornerback Bryce Callahan who's out four more weeks after getting a foot procedure this week look for Gardner Minshew to have another big week in week four Number three, Darren Waller versus the Colts, tight end for the Oakland Raiders. He had seven receptions first week, sixth, second week, and 13 last week with 134 yards. This is all without a single touchdown this year, which he's due to have from quarterback Derek Carr. Colts have allowed the eighth most receptions to tight ends this season, so look for Darren Waller to have a big week, week four. Love number four, Sterling Shepard, wide receiver versus the... Washington Redskins, seven receptions and 100 yards in his comeback game, also with a touchdown from Daniel Jones. Redskins have allowed the most points to any wide receiver this season. Look for the Giants to be amped up and ready to go with their new quarterback in this tough divisional matchup. Sterling Shepard has a big week in Week 4. And the last love of the week, running back Derrick Henry versus the Falcons. Derrick Henry is the bright spot on this very, very stale offense He's, aver- he's got 84 yards in the first two games and a rushing touchdown every week, as well as a receiving touchdown in the first week. Look for Derrick Henry to have a big game against the Falcons' defense, which is struggling. All right, so we'll get back to the hates after this caller. So, caller number seven, how we doing? Good, how are you? Not bad. What's your name? Tony. Tony, where are you from? North Brantford, Connecticut. Hi, Tony. Hey, uh, I got a question for you. As far as fantasy goes, how are we looking on Stefan Diggs this week? Stefan Diggs is looking bad. They're actually thinking about shopping him or he's thinking about requesting a trade because he hasn't been used recently. They're actually thinking about using him as trade bait to get Jalen Ramsey free from the Jaguars. So do not look to start Stefan Diggs. So Stefan Diggs is a no-go. Stefan Diggs is a Yes, no-go. As far as Joe Mixon. Yep. Joe Mixon's looking like a start this week, correct? I have him starting on two of my leagues. I mean, he started out rough the first two weeks, but 17-something-odd points last week. I mean, he's coming back. That Bengals offense has really rejuvenated itself. Joe Mixon has a big week, week four. All right, that's awesome. That's really all I wanted to talk about was uh, the non-showmanship of Stephon Diggs and 
I want to see if Joe Mixon could pick his season back up. Yeah, I think they could. All right, man. All right, Tony. I appreciate the call, Tony. Appreciate it. All right, thank you. Have a good night. You too. All right, Zach, you want to get your hates in quick? All right, getting the hates. First hate, Wayne Gallman. We talked a little bit about him earlier. Not nearly the quality of Saquon Barkley. If they get J.J., that helps the Giants' offense, but it also decreases Wayne Gallman's fantasy stock already from where it is. He's rostered on 53% of teams in fantasy, and he has 30 yards total off seven carries in three games. Giants' O-line has improved this season, but is not nearly good enough to support a running back like Gallman, who can't really make much happen on his own. Look for Wayne Gallman to not succeed in Week 4 against the Washington Redskins in a tough divisional matchup. Hate number two, Josh Allen. We just talked about how good he is, but this week he's going to do poor against the Patriots. He's got 250 yards a game, three touchdowns passing, and two touchdowns rushing in the first three games of the season. Patriots have the second-highest sack rate this season of any team and also have a very high turnover rate. Devin McCourty has three picks himself this season. So look for Josh Allen to struggle against a very, very good Pats defense, Pats team overall. Hate number three, Allen Robinson versus the Vikings. He had a decent game last yesterday against the, er, against the Vikings. Six receptions, 60 yards, but Taylor Gabriel was the real star. Had a very, very big game, 35-odd points in fantasy. Look for Taylor Gabriel to continue his success as the Bears offense struggled to find a consistent target. He's also playing a tough Vikings defense who has a tough front seven, which will limit quarterback Mitchell Trubisky and also limit Allen Robinson in the back end with a tough defensive backs. All right. Hate number four. Oh, go ahead. Keep going. Hate number four. O.J. Howard versus the Rams. Tight end. Seven receptions total and 100 yards and zero touchdowns through three games. He had a little bit of a pick-me-up game last week. But the Rams' defense has allowed seven fantasy points total this season, or seven fantasy points to tight ends this season. And Jameis Winston is really struggling, and his struggles will continue against an incredibly tough Rams' defense. O.J. Howard struggles in Week 4. And last but not least, or last but very least on the hate list, Jarvis Landry. He was on the list last week, and he's going to be on the list this week. Three receptions and 62 yards last week on nine targets. Tough Ravens defense. He's going to struggle behind Odell Beckham Jr. once again. Jarvis Landry struggles in week four. All right, so those are your loves and hates, Zach's on just the tips. We'll take one more caller. So, caller nine, can you hear us? Yes, I can. How are we doing? Pretty good. How are you? What's your name? Zach. Zach. Where are you from? I'm from Willamette, Connecticut. Uh, oh, okay, cool. So, what, you got anything to talk us to us about? Oh yeah, that the Patriots are going to be winning the Super Bowl this year. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's that's really the talk. I'm not going to doubt it. I'm really not. I'm really not. But I mean, I mean, they're, uh, they're they're odds to win the Super Bowl, gambling wise, plus two plus two hundred. So that means you will only double your money if you bet on the Patriots to win. That's I almost mean, that is true. A, as sure as possible through three weeks of football, which is very, very hard to judge game, hard to predict game. But you know what? I mean, right now, I do not see anything telling me that the Patriots are going to lose the Super Bowl or not even make it there. There's no no information, no playing that you've seen happen so far. I mean, look at Tom Brady's stat- statistics so far. I mean, he's got 911 yards, seven touchdowns, and zero interceptions through three games while their defense is playing the best they've played since <laughs> years back. I mean, 
I, I don't know if there's a way to stop this football team. I really don't. And I mean, it, it kind of stinks. It's like we talked about a couple times in the past couple of weeks. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick have gotten it done consistently without the best personnel in the league. I mean, this is really the first time in a while where they have certainly the best offensive personnel in the entire league. And that's a scary thought to think about the amount of titles and playoff games they've won with the teams that they've had and now the offensive roster that they've put around Tom Brady. I mean, it would be ridiculous to bet against the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that really worries me is the O-line. Mm-hmm. That's to stay healthy. Yeah. Dante so he can, like, work with what he has. But other than that, I think you're like a shoe-in. I think David Andrews is back by now, Is correct? he coming back? I think so. No, he's, or not, soon. he's done for the season. No, he's oh, he's, he's done for the season? Yes. Oh, that's yeah. rough. He had blood clots. Oh, that's oh, very, very serious. That's tough. That's very real tough. Serious health health yeah. condition. But, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I'm not even worried if they were to lose an alignment or two because knowing Bill Belichick, he's going to fill the role and that person's yeah. going to do just as good as the one who precedes him. And you know what? You just can't bet against them. It's tough. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. But we appreciate you calling in, Zach. So no um Call in next week if you, if you want, and we'll take you on. So have a good night. All right. You too. All right, so we'll get into our picks in the last seven minutes here very quickly. So records from uh, week three this past week. I went 11-5. and five. Zach went 9-7. and seven, And Luigi went 10-6. and six. So our records overall, I'm 20-12. and 12. Luigi is to- still 10-6 and because he missed our first week. And Zach is 19-13. and 13. So I am the top dog currently going into week four. For now. We'll see what For happens. Now. We'll see For what happens. Now. All right. Game number one, Thursday night, Eagles at Packers. Um, Packers for me. Packers stay undefeated, wide receiver rooms too injured for the Eagles. Uh, Packers, that defense, plus Aaron Rodgers, unstoppable right now. All right. So uh, first 1 o'clock game on Sunday, Browns 1-2 and two at Ravens 2-1. and one. I'm taking the Ravens. Also taking the Ravens. I'm taking the Browns. I think they have a bounce-back game. Baker Mayfield is looking to get some revenge. Everybody's calling him a loser. Everybody's saying that he's overrated. Browns beat the Ravens. All right. Second game at 1 o'clock on Sunday. Chargers 1-2 and two at Dolphins 0-3. Oh no, Easy game, Chargers. Next. Chargers. Chargers. <laughs> Just get out of here. Next 1 o'clock game, Chiefs 3-0 and oh at Lions 2-0-1. Oh Six-and-a-half-point spread, Chiefs in favor. I'm taking the Chiefs. I'm also taking the Chiefs. Lions are the prank undefeated team to me. Chiefs are going to dominate them. Chiefs have the Lions. I agree with the Chiefs, but you know what? I I think it's going to be a better game than people think it will be. All right. Next 1 o'clock game, Redskins 0-3 at G- my Giants 1-2. 2.5-point favorites to the Giants. Let's go Giants for me. Giants for me as well. I think Daniel Dimes starts 2-0 and as a quarterback. Yeah, it's hard to bet against the Giants here. All right. Next game, 1 o'clock, Panthers 1-2 at Texans 2-1. and Texans for me. Texans for me as well. Yeah, I'll take the Texans. I think too. Texans are going to make a wild, or uh, definitely going to win their division. Super Bowl contender, or not Super Bowl contender. I think this is also going to be playoff a tight contenders. Game, I think this will be a tight game. Kyle Allen. I'm very Strike surprised to see Bowl him doing contention. well. Next game, Patriots three and zero at Bills three and zero. This is a game that we've talked about all week, honestly. But I'm going to stick with the Patriots as a seven point favorite. Easy. As much as I want to pick the Bills, I have to pick the Patriots. They're too good. Of course. Next game, one o'clock. Rit Eaters one and two at Colts two and one. Taking the Colts. Taking the Colts as well. Jacoby Brissett was on my love list. I think he's going to have a huge game. Colts beat the 
not-so-good Raiders. I agree with the Colts. Jacoby Brissett's going to have another game. Final 1 o'clock game, Titans 1-2 and two at Falcons 1-2. and two. I think the Falcons ba- bounce back for this game. I think the Falcons' offense is too much for that decent Titans defense. Especially, especially at home. Yeah, absolutely. This is one of the ugliest games of the week for me, I think. <laughs> I mean, Falcons have struggled. They just lost one of their best defensive players. Titans have struggled. Their defense is okay, but Mariota's been struggling the whole season. I'll give it to the Falcons. All right, 4 o'clock. Buccaneers 1-2 and two at Rams 3-0. and oh. Rams for me. Another gimme game for the Rams. Rams for me as well. Next 4 o'clock game, Seahawks 2-1 and one at the Cardinals 0-2-1. Seahawks will take this one. I agree. Seahawks all the way. 425, Jaguars 2-1 and one at Broncos 0-3. Oh Three-point favorites to the Broncos. This is a tough one. I think the Broncos, for me personally, before I let you guys talk, the Broncos, I feel like, have to bounce back this game. If they don't, their season's over. I mean, I think this is the deciding game. I know Zach's a Broncos fan, so he can talk about it for a little bit. But No, I agree with you. And I think that if there's going to be a team to bounce back on, it's going to be the Jaguars. I mean, I had Gardner Minshew on the love list. I think he is going to have a good game. But I think a rookie-led team is the team to beat with a veteran-led team with Joe Flacco, despite the struggles that he's had himself. I mean, I'll give it to the Broncos this week. I'll say it again this week. Jags, because I love the Gardner Minshew. He's a football guy. He will get it done for these boys. All right, final 425 game. Vikings 2-1 and one at the Bears 2-1. and one. I'm going to take the Vikings. I'm going to take the Vikings as well. They've looked real good this season. I'm taking the Bears. I think the Bears are going to have a show-up win this week. I think their defense is going to shut down that impressive Dalvin Cook run game, and I think that Kirk Cousins will not be able to throw the ball and I think Stefan Diggs is not even going to try this week. It's going to be a wild game no matter what. Big, big rivalry there. Big game on at 425. An even bigger game at sun, on Sunday night at 815. Cowboys 3-0 and at the Saints 2-1. and Saints. Saints. That was quick. Yeah. No, um, no. I mean, I'm a Giants fan, so I can't pick the Cowboys. I can pick the Cowboys, but I choose not to in this situation. I would really like to see the Cowboys lose in New Orleans. I'm going with the Cowboys. I, I just can't I can't see that offense being stopped, and I can't see that defense not harming Teddy Bridgewater's come up. Yeah, I agree. Cowboys stay undefeated, move to 4-0. All right, final game of Week 4, Monday Night Football, Bengals 0-3 at Steelers 0-3. I know we talked about this earlier, but I'm going to take the Steelers. I'm also taking the Steelers. Uh, they showed up against the 49ers last week. Um, pretty much down to the wire, but they lost still. That's why they're 0-3, but I, I don't think the Bengals could do enough to beat them this week. I'm going to take the Bengals this week. I mean, the Steelers the Steelers are good. They have a good uh, pass rush, but a, l- a lot of their defensive key points are young players. A lot of their offensive key points are young players. And their quarterback is an unproven Mason Rudolph. And the Bengals have Andy Dalton, who's playing surprisingly well this year. Joe Mixon's coming back. He had a bounce-back game last week. John Ross and Tyler Boyd have been playing very well amidst A.J. Green's MIA-ness. I give it to the Bengals. All right, well, those are our picks for Week 4. We really appreciate everybody listening and whoever, everyone who called. I'm sorry if we couldn't get to your call. We had a lot to talk about and a lot of people to talk to, but we'll try to get you next week at, at from 6 to 7 
on WHUS Stores 91.7. Once again, thank you. You listen to Fire Football Radio. My name is Matt McGrath, along with Luigi Coppola and Zach Schmola, and we hope you have a very good night.